Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the pilot episode of Way Down South Radio. I'm your host, Larry Luke, and joining me today is Way Down South founder, Jose Hadathi. Very excited. Very excited about this venture. Super excited that we're doing this. Cannot wait. And we are here doing this coincidentally on the night that Atlanta United gets eliminated from the MLS's back tournament. Uh, we didn't really time it to be this way, but here we are in our five stripes kits post match. What were your takeaways from the game? I mean, as an Atlanta fan, it just seems like this is the proper order for these things to happen. And uh, honestly, my expectations up until this point got so low that I knew going into this match, I could not leave less happy than I was already with the team. And now post match, that is the case. I mean, you know, we played not great. We played uh, sluggish in the beginning. It was not a great match at all. And we can get into the details if you want. But um, my takeaway, if I can just sum it up briefly, is that I'm glad to know that we are now a mediocre at best team. I think that's good for the organization to know that we have a floor that we stand on and it's not a good one because that lets you know there are problems and that there are things that we need to fix because we clearly are not this team that, you know, can skate by through a season and still win a a cup or still win a trophy with glaring mistakes. Now we're at the point where we just have to, we have to do something about it. Yeah. There's work to be done now, but the cool thing is over the past few years, we've tasted so many successes. We've lifted more than I can remember a number of trophies three, four, maybe five. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. So many positive games, so many great high fives completed with friends that I'm really not too upset about this. And what I was thinking earlier today was if there was a year where we needed to be kind of leveled out, why not it be a pandemic year? Why not it be now? Let's figure it out. And once we can all be back in the bends, um, slamming beers and high fiving each other, like let's be good again then. So I'm I'm kind of okay with it. From this tournament though, uh, Jose, is there any blame you want to assign? I don't know. That's such a difficult question because I I, I feel like where this team breaks down, hard to pinpoint where it breaks down because there were so many moves that happened off season. There were so many key players that left, and then there were so many chances for the front office to replace these players. And then when you look at the product on the field, it's been so lackluster in these last three games that it's really hard to blame anyone or put the blame on a single thing. I think we're at the point where we need to figure out what our identity is going to be. And then we need to we need to figure out who we are as a team so that the fans can get behind that. And if that turns out to be a winning team, then that's great. And if not, but... Right now, the fans are confused because we don't know if we're going to come out as an attacking team. We don't know if we're going to come out as a defensive, you know, ticky-tacka kind of team. So I think we just have to bring it back to the baseline and, and restructure ourselves as a team and, and really gain an identity. The same way that we did in 2018, where we had this counterattacking, really fast, exciting identity, South American players, South American coach. We're, we're missing all of that, in my opinion. Yeah, just a overall concept of what's going to happen on the field. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
looking at this tournament, obviously we didn't score any goals. We lost three, um, arguably a few that we shouldn't have lost. Any positives to take out of this? Well, Any bright spots? I think looking at least at tonight's game against Columbus, I think I was surprised to see John Gallagher come in and really make a direct impact on the game. And he brought some energy. He did. And I think it's good to see that we have players that we can tap into. You know, I hope that this is just due to the whole pandemic situation that's going on and the lack of consistent play that players like PT and Barco are not hitting where they should be. But I think if we can rely on these young players, Bello as well had some, you know, periods of really great play, really great touches. He had a shot on goal. I think once we get we can get these players to fit into these uh, pieces of this uh, sort of puzzle that we got going, if we can get these players to mesh, then uh, I think that would be great for us because we have our stars and right now they're not doing so well, but we know what their potential is. And so if we can bring in these younger players to kind of complement that, I think we have the opportunity to get a good squad going. So aside from Joseph, which we know he's the GOAT, we love him, you still um... – you're still hopeful for PT? Like, you're not totally, like, writing him off yet? Because I know a lot of people are. Taylor Twelman was kind of doing that on the broadcast. How do you feel about that? Taylor kept saying, you know, South American Player of the Year, and I I feel like that statement is so irrelevant now because, honestly, the pity that we have now, I don't see starting for River Plate where he won that title. And so we got to look at his consistency because – He's had great performances. I mean, if you look back earlier this season against Matagua when we were in Kennesaw, he had a great game. You know, he's had great games, but he hasn't been a consistent player. And he was brought in after Almiron left. And if you remember Almiron, Almiron would, if he lost the ball, he would track back, run the half length of the field, full length field, sprinting back, trying to get the ball back. His work rate was 100%. And you just don't see that from Pity. What I see from Pity all the time is, He's punching the ground after he loses the ball. He's getting mad at the ref. He's getting mad at himself. I see him kicking the ground and uh, instead of kicking the ball and having the ball go out for a goal kick. Or tonight, he had no pressure on him, and he played a cross that went way over everyone in the box and went out for a throw-in. And so those are those kinds of inconsistencies that I just I don't see matching up to a player of supposedly the caliber that he was supposed to come in with. He's maybe getting in his own head a little. And what about Barco? I mean, there were rumors that he might be sold off for a big uh, ticket. I I don't know if I'm seeing that right now, but I did see a little bit of 2018 Barco where he possessed the ball and dribbled through and around people uh, many times tonight and in this tournament. So, yeah, I agree. Like, I, we we know his quality, and and if you look at, for example, his free kick compared to Pity's free kicks, his free kick was on target, and it was a really good free kick. Um, you know, he's, he's got the potential and we know what he's capable of. I just think that like, what do you think about this? Are our players too comfortable? Like are our facilities too nice? Like, do we, do we coddle our players too much? Again, before play started, are they too used to this kind of really high quality lifestyle where they, you know, get everything they need and then they don't really then feel the need to like perform on the field. I mean, they're superstars in the A. You know, I mean, people from other cities that look at Atlanta United and the successes we've had, they're like, oh, cool, you have this thing going on. But when you live here and you see these guys walking around town, you see the pictures they take with fans, like they are really superstars here in Atlanta amongst Atlantans. 
and maybe they're getting comfortable. I don't know. All kinds of confusing things happening um, with the roster, maybe DeBoer's lineups. I have no idea. A lot to be said for that, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of time between now and the next Atlanta United match, if that's back home at the Benz or whoever they might be playing. I don't think that schedule's out yet. But let's talk about design. What did you think, first and foremost, about the John Lewis armbands that every single one of our players are wearing? I think it, I think they were subtle and I think they were nice. Um, I, I don't think they were they didn't they didn't take over the conversation, but I think they were nice and and necessary, and I think it was a good touch. Yeah, fitting tribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did you notice there were a ton more sponsor badges on our jerseys and across the shorts? For sure, I definitely noticed the shorts one and. Um, so I'm, I'm from South America, I'm from Ecuador. And so we're used to kind of seeing sponsors all over our uniforms in the back. There's like two sponsors in the back. They're on each sleeve, on the shorts, on the back of the shorts. Um, so, you know, given the circumstances, I can see why that's necessary and you kind of want to get as much revenue as you can out of them. Um, I do appreciate that they were at least, you know, in that gold color, the same color as our front shirt sponsor. And so they're not too out of place. Back in South America, they retain the uh, full color logos. Exactly. And so it, it just gets too out of hand. It's like a NASCAR kind of suit. So I, I didn't mind it. I get it. I mean, I, I hope we don't continue this beyond the pandemic years and uh, become a league where it's like full sponsors everywhere. But, you know, I, yeah, I, I definitely used to be more on the side of no sponsors on kits. I don't like that. But lately, I've been watching a lot of NASCAR and, uh, I don't really mind it anymore. Like I, I think I'm kind of more towards the middle where I'm okay with an NBA uniform having a sponsor. I'm okay with one or two sponsors on a kit. As long as the team retains their brand and it still looks like them from 10 feet away, I don't really care so much that they have corporate logos on them. So how much of a team's identity do you think is derived from their sponsors? Like, do you like, for example, in NASCAR, do you pay attention to who the sponsors are and how that plays into the team's identity? Or do you just, I think I'm too new to the sport to really know how it affects like an entire team. Mm -hmm. However, I do pick my favorite drivers based on who their sponsors are. For instance, there's this guy, Denny Hamlin. He drives the car that you may recognize. That's a FedEx car. Mm-hmm. But he also has Jordan brand sponsorships on his jumpsuit and sometimes on the car. So I think that's pretty cool because I love Jordan brand. Um, and then other other cars, uh, there's this other guy, Kyle Bush, who drives for um, M&M Mars. That's the corporate sponsor that probably does his car most of the time. Sometimes it's a Skittles car. Sometimes it's an M&M's car. Sometimes it's a special edition M&M's car. So that's kind of fun to me to see. Um, and then I guess you learn a lot about drivers based on their personality off the track, what they're tweeting and like what they're saying uh, in social media. So I think in this digital age, it's become a lot easier to get into a new sport such as auto racing. Let's talk about why this podcast exists. Yeah, I think it's super fitting. I guess I can start off by saying, you know, way down south, what it way down south is. And, um, you know, I... I started Way Down South, and it's a clothing brand uh, here in Atlanta. And I have a background of illustration and design and painting, fine art. And uh, I've loved soccer all my life. I grew up playing soccer. Kind of art and soccer were kind of two of the things that I've always been involved in. 
ever since I was a little kid. And so, you know, it always seemed like I wanted to do something with my life that centered around those two things. And once Atlanta United came to Atlanta and it kind of exploded into this frenzy that we know today, I felt like it was time to sort of put my skills into something that was focused in soccer. It just kind of seemed like a perfect blend of two things. And it also helped that, you know, when I wanted to buy merch beyond just like this jersey at the team store, I never really saw things that were uh, something that I wanted to wear on a day-to-day basis or something I wanted to wear as like, you know, lifestyle wardrobes or anything like that. So I thought at the time, me and my friend Neil, we he's a designer, a graphic designer. And so we thought, you know, we can do something better. We can do something that people want to wear on a day-to-day basis. And so we decided to start this brand that we called Way Down South. And uh, from then, you know, two and a half years later, it's grown into something awesome. We have a lot of designs out there. And right now I'm the one that uh, does all the designing and kind of runs the whole brand. And uh, um, it's just been a great, great time. And, and I, What are some of the highlights over the last two years of you running this brand? So originally, you know, you kind of have this idea, you want to start this brand but you go, okay, so we got to get people interested in this and how do we do this? And so we kind of had like a, you know, several steps into the level. We first said, okay, let's, let's start with some parody designs that people might think are interesting. So we, you know, we thought of like Atlanta related landmarks or things, callbacks that people would, you know, be drawn to. And so back then Tito Vialba was on the team. And so we did a design that was from the Varsity's logo, but we played it into Tito Vialba's name and called it the Line Tamer. And uh, that kind of took off as a design and slowly we started realizing, okay, there's certain things about Atlanta United that people like, or people latch on to certain moments. And so when Joseph Martinez scored his record breaking goal, uh, for that season, we, uh, created a design based on the pose that he kind of, when he scored the goal and looked back at the goalie, um, it was kind of like a, uh, uh, a pose that kind of stuck in people's minds. And so we made a design based on that. And so there's been, key times that we've realized, okay, where we need to take our designs to based on how people react. You know, sometimes you make designs and people don't really react well. And so you got to kind of be agile and pivot at that moment. And so I think early on getting people interested in our brand and kind of growing our following online was, uh, was motivating. And then uh, partnering with Footy Mob at the tailgates was also a good step because now we had uh, in-person sales. So before the Atlanta United games at the Footy Mob tailgates, we set up and we would sell our merch, we would sell our hats and shirts. And um, that face-to-face kind of interaction with people is really important because you get people coming up to you saying, hey, I love you guys' designs. Like, check out my phone background. It's one of your designs. Or like, they come in wearing your shirt. And so that takes it from the online aspect into the real world. And that kind of is you know gratifying in that way. So I think seeing that early on was also motivating and kind of getting feedback in that way was, was pretty important for us. So it's cool to see your work resonating with the fan base, but then there have also been some high profile people that have been wearing your stuff. Yeah. So we've been trying, you know, to reach out as many people as we can. Um, we've been lucky enough to be able to get some stuff to Joseph Martinez. Um, we've been able to get designs to some of the players. Um, and so uh, Joseph actually posted a picture of him wearing one, wearing that shirt that was the record-breaking gold design. It's the number 28. It was the, num- the 28th goal that he scored. And so he posted that online. Um, and that's kind of like sort of like a trash-talking image that was used against Orlando. It's kind of like 
the whole uh, idea of him fathering Orlando and all that. So having our designs be a part of that narrative and a part of that banter is kind of cool. That's amazing. And I've just been during this pandemic, mostly trying to find a way to continue to have a voice as a creative in the Atlanta area and beyond. And I've guested on a few friends podcasts and have done a few in the past, uh, dropped in on a few like unrelegated, uh, which is no longer a podcast, but was one of my favorite Atlanta United podcasts and did a few others with, um, my friends, iron tooth who are famous for those Atlanta United theme posters and whatnot. And, um, I just want to talk about design and I want to talk about creativity, especially in Atlanta and in the South. And here I am doing a podcast under the way down South moniker. And I couldn't be more excited to just find people in and around our network that have points of view on number one, the five stripes and number two, just creativity in the South. So we're going to be doing a lot of talks. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks just dropped a, new jersey set today so i'm gonna bring on some hawks fans and we're gonna we're gonna get that going here really soon jose i know you've been teasing on your instagram upcoming work from way down south brand that people can look forward to let's hear about that for sure so we know the times that we're living in with coronavirus and with all this civil and civil justice unrest that's going on in the country um I knew that I wanted to get involved in some way. Um, and so I decided to design a soccer jersey, actually two soccer jerseys that I'm about to put out under the Way Down South brand. And it's been a lifelong dream of mine to design soccer jerseys. Um, and it felt like the right time to do it. And so we have two designs coming out. I've got them right here. Oh, you got, oh. They're almost I know the ago. listeners can't see this, but uh, so they're very cool. Yeah, and so we can put up the images, but essentially the sponsorship area says Black Lives Matter on them, and the crest I designed says Atlanta football, and all proceeds from these designs will go to the uh, NAACP Legal Defense Fund. And I think these are two really different but great designs, and I think people are going to really like them, and it's kind of a way for you know, me to be able to make an impact and for to have people be able to purchase these designs and be able to make donations as they do them. And I just think it's important to get you know, the social justice impact from soccer and design and kind of bring it together. I know MLS is doing a great job with that and I felt it was just something that I could do during this time to kind of you know, put my own part into this. Tell people where they can find our podcast and the brand. Well, people can find Way Down South on social media, on Twitter, Instagram at WayDownSouth underscore co. And then the website is WayDownSouthCo.com. All right, Jose. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, I don't know. We'll have you on again soon, but I'm going to probably go talk to some other people and I'll come back and find you in a few episodes. For sure. Thank you so much. I think this is a perfect... uh, Thing that you're doing and i'm excited to be a part of this and i can't wait to see where this goes so thanks again all right good night all right peace.